Hey everyone, welcome to the third episode of TGS Presents, a very special college football podcast brought to you by the tailgatesociety.com and Deadeye Barbecue Sauce. Our sponsor Deadeye has put out some delicious and interesting flavors this year with their new superfood series of sauces. Check them out at hy Fairway, Brothers Market, Brick Street, or online at deadeyebbq.com. I'm your host, Tammy, and I'm joined by Travis, Jake, and Aaron to talk through the dumpster fire that is the 2020 college football season, or what's left of it. COVID cancellations, scheduling, player health, money, unionization, and the decisions that are going into this all around. It's a mess, and the team at TGS is here to try to make some sense of it for you. Um, So join us and check it out. So the Pac-12 was done today. The Big Ten was done today. The SEC and the Big 12 seem to be kind of, uh, well, you guys think they're going to play? The ACC and the SEC have been almost in tandem that they're probably going to play. And then they've been kind of waiting on the Big 12 to give their um, their guidance, I guess. And it does sound like with 95% certainty that the Big 12 is going to play this year. Yeah, I think they're from what I've seen, they're they're more split than uh, they're like they're kind of closely split. But it sounds like that they're definitely leaning to playing. So it'll be interesting to see if that all works out. I mean, I've heard a lot of different people texting me which schools are for and against playing, but I don't really know if I should believe a lot of those because those are you don't know whose dentist is has whose source. You know, it's. We had a radio guy in Des Moines who actually would always uh, use his dentist as a source for things. He was obviously <laughs> he was obviously not right very often. And I think he was <laughs> charges. Tammy, I am curious though. What uh, is there like a play that you think that this makes for like the SEC and ACC to say that they want to play and then like to back out of the last minute? Like, what are they getting out of it? I'm not saying you're wrong. I I'm just curious what your thinking is. I think that they're trying to see every avenue that they have just in case they can make it happen. Um, Okay. But I think it's more of like one of the, I mean, I don't want to say it's like full Trump-esque because it's not, but I think it might be either minimizing some of what their medical staff is saying or not getting the same reports as a lot of the other places. Because I mean, Basically, what it came down to for Boise State, according to Harson, who talked today finally, um, was that they could do it probably if nobody came back to campus. But having an open campus made it impossible to have any sort of bubble situation, especially like a public campus. So you could test everybody 72 hours out of every game. And if you, you know, tested clean, then you got to travel. Like he thought that they could protect the traveling part of it, but what they couldn't do is protect the players on campus well enough to be able to, you know, go on with the whole thing. They want players to stay on campus if they can to work out. Um, Especially if a lot of it is pushed to online. They'll be able to do it from their apartments and dorm rooms and stuff. And, you know, let's be real. A lot of these guys are staying off campus in like actual apartments. They're not crammed to a dorm a lot of the time. So, um, you know, if, if they could stay in town and work out, you know, that 
could work out for him for the winter and be ready to go in the spring if that's what Mountain West decides to do. Um, but, you know, guys might also go home and just do online school and work out there like they did all spring. Barry yeah. Alvarez expects them to still have 20 hours of football commitments per week. He's <laughs> the athletic director. He's kind of a dick, though. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the hard part of if you uh, – and Tammy, I think you make valid points, and, and I think that's probably fair that, like, the SEC is just pushing it to – if there is a slight chance, they're just pushing it to the very limit. And I they think could, that's probably fair. I think they could probably do it more successfully than a Mountain West school could. You know, endless resources oh, means yeah. a lot of testing is available. You can put people up Absolutely. away from campus altogether. Like, you might be able to actually do an SEC bubble successfully with that much money. But even if Boise State could do it, we still have – the. California schools, which probably aren't going to be back on campus. You've got um, Nevada, which is an outbreak spot. You've got us, which is an outbreak spot. You've got Colorado State, which honestly just needs a year off at this point. That's <laughs> such a mess going on. <laughs> so I, just, I think that the money didn't work out and the safety didn't work out and the SEC might, and ACC might be able to pull it off. But I, I don't know. I, I really don't want to – I just – I think about that first game day where we turn it on and we have this, you know, list of players that are out for COVID and it makes me nauseous. So I don't, we'll see I don't do. see, I don't see the spring thing working. Urban Meyer flat out said, I, I, I don't see how you make that work. And then on top of that, football is at its core, a violent game. And you, so you want to play a 10, 9, 10 game schedule in the spring and then have those kids run it back again in the fall? That's not good yeah. for them either. Yeah, That's a super dangerous situation. You're, you're also as far talking as about regular injury. It's right. not even that you're, that you're just playing it, like you're playing it in the spring and then you have months off and then you're playing it in the fall. It's like, well, no, that in between time is you're practicing or recovering or getting better or whatever. It's all, oh, it's jam, it's even more jam packed if you, if you try right. and do that. Because so. how many guys have minor, what we would go what football calls minor surgeries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. What I'd be in bed for six weeks for probably there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what they call minor, after the season gets over, right, they scope a knee, they clean out a shoulder or whatever, and they've got all spring and all that time to recover for the next year. And I, I just don't see how you say we're going to play spring and then turn around and do it again in the fall. And yeah. on top of that, any of those spring schools, so the Big Ten schools, all of those junior, senior pros, gone. Those teams will be yeah, gone. They're, how many, how they're many, all going to go. Yeah, how many players are there on Ohio State's team that are like, oh, I don't think I'm going to play if we're going to play in the spring because I'm going to get drafted in two months anyway. Well, didn't yeah, the NFL open up, like, practice squads for stuff today? Like, to – or, like, tryouts. Like, they expanded need Expanded roster type stuff? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they might have. I mean, how many I think that would be smart for them to do. How many of those dudes are going to jump at that chance? You know what I mean? Well, hell, I'm not going to get to play my senior season, and I don't want to play next spring because it'll ruin my draft chances, so I might as well just go try out now. Like, yeah, I think there is a difference, though, between like going to a practice squad and being drafted in the first or second or third round, too. Like, they're, I understand your point. There are probably guys that would do that, but if you're like a – you know, a first rounder next year, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go play on this practice squad. Right. Type of thing. Yeah, it just depends on what kind of deals you can get. 
signed for, right? I That's mean, true. If, the, if you could the get rule like, some still kind of has deal, to be but... three years out of high school or whatever the NFL rule is, right? Before you can be, it doesn't mean you have to go through the draft. I don't think so. Um, you can be signed as a free agent off the street. You know, some of those guys that come from Australia or whatever—that's what happens. You know, I don't know why a U.S. guy would be any different necessarily. Right. Um, you know that they could sign, and if they're good enough, they're going to get a, you know, to go to a practice squad. That's what at eighty-five or one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year or something like that. I mean, it's not chump change um, for them to go do that, and if that's the shot they want to take you know, then some of those guys will do it. But you're talking place like OSU, if they don't have the spring, you know, they don't have this year. They've tried to play in the spring. All those guys that will opt out that would have played this year. And then, you know, 20 guys, you're going to lose 20 guys out of your 85 <laughs> or, or more, you know what I mean? That, that are actual guys so, that like could play. I mean, so I got to tell you, um, Boise State Twitter has been lit for about two days and there's a, a guy that he is a, a local venture capitalist but he also owns um, a merch store and uh, he was talking about he's he's been very almost it's not real it's overblown kind of thing um, however <laughs> uh, today he started in um, on just like lit up the administration and everybody. And I think there's, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for, hey Jake. I saw Jake and I lost my train of thought. Um, so, okay, as long as I've lost my train of thought, did you see this tweet in the, in our football slack that both Nebraska and BYU are trying to get into the big 12 at this point. Oh, is that a new one? I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, don't take BYU. Let them be out there in the wilderness. <laughs> Their three game schedule, please. Depends how much money they want to bring. <laughs> so we have nine guaranteed games right now. So that'd be our 10th guaranteed game. Um, I mean, honestly, if, if, if I could pick, Honestly, if it, if it's a one-year thing, pick the three service academies. I think that it would be a really unique opportunity. That would be fun. Yeah, it'd be a unique opportunity. I don't really want 12 Power 5 programs. If they're still really good, like Navy and Army are better than a lot of Power 5 teams. How many and triple I, option schools are there in the Big 12 currently? None right now. None. You guys are a inviting of, chaos, and lot, I approve. Do lot. it. <laughs> a lot would argue there should be a few but yeah um i i like that idea I, I i think that there's a lot i mean we had the whole situation with baylor four or five years ago um and you know the talk was get rid of baylor add byu but byu has the same bad policies as a, in, an institution as baylor does so that's not really something i'd want to get into so that's why you pick the service academies like those guys have a high set of standards you're not going to get a whole lot of um, blowback for it. You're going to, it can only be positive and, you know, you're not adding, um, you know, you know, world beater teams either. So I disagree with you that it can only be positive, but only from the perspective that it invites Trump into going to football games in the Midwest just before the election. And I'm yeah. not about that life. I mean, Trump, <laughs> 
I, I met Trump at the uh, Iowa State Iowa game in 2015. I thought the guy didn't have a chance. <laughs> uh, we were so wrong. Yeah, I thought I we met, were done at like standing there asking Russia for help with the emails, but what do I know? Yeah, but no, that was so that was what yeah 2015. So yeah, but no, that was around the same time as Baylor. Yeah, that was a weird time because the Big Twelve was looking at expanding. But, well, yeah, there was talk of Houston and BYU. I think at that time. Yeah, like uh, Houston was a big one. Memphis. Houston was the big one. Cincinnati, I thought that was gonna happen. Memphis. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought Houston was going to make that happen, and they were going to pick somebody else that they thought was okay to come with. But I was all about Memphis and that FedEx money, but you know, yeah, I really thought got... it was going to be Houston too, if it helps. But yeah. So t- Tammy, I'm so I'm curious with your since you're more on like the other side of it's not going to happen. Yeah. What is your like if the Big Twelve as a conference comes out and says we're going to play? Does that like change what you think at all, or does it? You um, still just think that, that at some point it's going to like fold because they ju- it's just not realistic. I I think it'll implode at some point, especially bringing everyone back to campus. Um, you know, having it be full on. You know, like I don't know, just just how football is and how colleges are. Um, like, you know, I I think we're gonna have a yeah. Marlins moment, right? Like. I don't know who it'll be or probably Oklahoma state will really screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so <laughs> I, I yeah, just think I mean, it's, to be, it's bound to, be to fall fair, apart. I, yeah. To be fair, I, I agree with you that it's pretty likely that shit's going to hit the fan after they start. If they start like at some point stuff's going to get like whatever outbreaks on teams. And it's pretty likely that stuff gets really bad or they shut it down or whatever. But I, Mm-hmm. I've always thought that there there are some conferences that are just going to do it. They're going to get started at least no matter what. I I don't know. I don't know if I agree or not. I think it just really depends on like local conditions and local area, right? Like Boise just now, just Ada County just shut down like any gatherings of over 10 again. Like we're moving backwards. And yep. I'm not sure that Iowa, for example, with how schools are going, are going to be any better off in a couple weeks, or you know how Florida's looking, or any of those things. So, I don't know. It's just confidence level depends on what things are looking like in individual places, and what mask compliance look like, and testing weight, and all those things. So, my question yeah. is this, and I'm I'm quite a bit removed from college, unlike some of the rest of you guys. Um, <clears throat> how how much do players actually go on campus anymore? Like last year, it was a big deal um, that Joe Burrow or whatever was no, didn't everything was online for him, right? So how many are that way, and how many of them are yeah. actually still going on That's campus common. and stuff? That is very common, um, and I, I would guess that half of courses are online anyway, especially lectures. And more will be now, yeah. Yeah, and I was talking with a professor of mine from Iowa State who is one of my more favorite teachers who I've kept in touch with, and all of her classes are online, and that's her decision. And um, I'm guessing that the coaches are going to have a bigger say than normal in terms of what their courses are. I know that that's really frowned upon most of the time. If not all the time, this fall might just be okay. 
make sure they're online and they're in some sort of a bubble or a protective environment. Because yeah, those yeah. 500 seat Psych 101s and stuff, they're not happening. You know, they're not going That's to those things. You know, so the smaller lab classes, which, which, you know, if you're in the upper level classes and we've got labs like biomechanics or any of that kind of stuff that I had to take, more controllable environment. Yeah, and college football players don't take those classes in the fall anyway. They're uh, they're tough semesters always in the spring. That's probably true. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I was just I you know I thought about that and the yeah. fact that you know going back to having kids back on campus and then saying we we can't play football or kind of butt heads against each other. But, yeah, I think the the biggest point against that against that is just like anybody else in, in what's going on is you can make the the players or have them suggest whatever take most of their classes online but it's like what happens outside of the time that they're either doing football things or you know studying or whatever it's like if you have guys still going out or something then that's where your problems come in when you're bringing whatever it is, 20,000 students back to campus. I don't know what the number will oh, be this year, but for sure, you know, people but, going to bars, it's, you know, or whatever, that's where the problem comes in more than anything. I think I would say that's where the whole problem with this, all the whole thing is, is personal accountability. So I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Every indication that I've gotten is that um, being a football manager is held this fall. And part of that is <laughs> essentially babysitting football players all hours of the day all hours of the night, weekends. Um, and I think that that is going to be really important. I think that, and I think that if you have good team leaders, I don't think necessarily it's a complete babysitting show, but especially freshmen and sophomores who are just dumb. Oh yeah. You've always got a couple of knuckleheads. Yeah. Um, I just like, I don't see how you keep like the girls away. Does that make sense? Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, if, even if you're partying inside the bubble, there's still people coming in, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, the, it was, the, same, it was the same. It was the same thing that we heard, you heard rumors of when the NBA created a bubble, right? Like that—that yeah. that was like a legit, like bubble, like wristbands, tracking, security bubble. So, yeah, that's that's absolutely. But I mean, different. that's that's going to be the case no matter no matter what i mean whether those guys are on campus off campus at home playing football yep. not playing football that's that all again it comes back to personal accountability and if you want to play bad enough like these guys are saying they want to right now then right yeah, i think <laughs> maybe I they I can just... pull off celibacy for a couple of weeks i don't know uh -huh. <laughs> i'm sure they could i mean the, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of the world that's doing that right now so <laughs> but, <laughs> I just feel like there's just it's going to come down to liability at some point, right? Like if you have a, a mini outbreak, let's say you have a super spreader event in a locker room because somebody's a dumbass and goes to a strip club and gets wings or whatever, right? Um, Thanks. <laughs> you know, in the NBA locker room, that's what, 20, 25 people? In a college football locker room, that's 70 or 80, you know, minimum. And you have 10, 15 of your players go down and that's, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's oh, for sure. I mean, that's the thing, you know, if you do have that, that big number outbreak like that, 
what do you do? Do you, right. Do you crater the rest of your season forfeit for three weeks and get everybody healthy again and come back? Or, you know, how do you, how do you go about it? What's the contingency right. plan for when that happens? I think they're testing them twice a week. And I think that if you test positive, you isolate, and then they test everybody again two days later, if there's a positive. And then it's just a rigorous process until you're getting to zero. Um, I guess the big thing is that you just got to isolate the people who test positive and hope that you're staying on top of it enough that it doesn't become super spreader. But I know the NBA, they don't even have locker rooms. They're, they're all getting ready in their rooms. I don't know if you can duplicate that in college, though. So, Football's probably a little different. It's hard to drive yeah. in that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, well, that'd, be, that'd be weird um, having a football team getting dressed in a hotel and then getting bussed over to the stadium. I, well, I mean, don't the SEC schools and the like a lot of them? I know Oregon does that, and I know you know on home games the night before they'll all hotel up. Boise yeah, doesn't do that shit. They're, they're, <laughs> not, they're, not, they're not padding up in the hotel. Uh, that's true. And getting on the bus and the you know all padded up. I think that's the logistical nightmare. We're going back to JV day, boys. Get up, get that on the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it might be better for them just get like some nasty old school buses because you know, just have one guy per seat just because they're so wide in those pads. You know, <laughs> like 10 of those per team. But, yeah, I can't I mean, wait to see Bama rolling up in yellow school buses. Be perfect. Oh, That'd be kind of that would be funny. It would just be a sign of the times. <laughs> you know, just one of those photos you'd see 20 years later and you'd be able to laugh at, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, but it's the, the, and you'd look at the SEC and you'd kind of mention it earlier. And I, you said Trumpy or whatever you said about it, but the economic aspect for some of these communities is way more serious in the SEC and, and even the big 12, there are a lot of college towns, you know, a lot of towns that that's all there is. Unlike the PAC 12, which yeah, I mean, I mean, Wazoo's Eugene gonna hurt. Like Pullman's gonna Wazoo, suck. Yeah, yeah, Pullman. But a lot of those guys are L.A., the Bay Area, yeah. you know, Tempe, places like that. You know, pretty significant towns either way. All the really good environments are in small towns. Well, exactly. <laughs> the, the ones, that, a lot of these things that get seventy to one hundred thousand people. They aren't in big places. I mean, I'm just thinking of. I mean, even well, college, college Bryan College Station is a good sized town, but it's not enormous. Yeah, and no. it's a col- It's still a college town, you know. Um, Auburn, Alabama. I mean, my God, that's that's their year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even and, Gainesville and Tuscaloosa aren't ginormous places. Um, but there's it, something it, else there. Auburn is just Auburn. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. It's Auburn yeah. and a gas station and an Applebee's. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, even Ames. Even Ames. When yeah. when I especially when I was in school, you know, twenty <laughs> some years ago. Um, it was like 20,000 students and there was all that was like that doubled the population every year when the students showed up. I mean, that's how big town was back then. Yeah. There was um, a study that showed that Ames was a top 10 college town to be affected by COVID. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big deal there. Manhattan, Kansas, you know, Lawrence, maybe not quite so bad cause it's not that far from Kansas city, but it's still a college town. Football game days don't have that many people. Well, out. I know, but you know, 
That's <laughs> I didn't want to crap on them too bad, even though they deserve it. I, uh, I I lived there for a while and I paid fives of dollars for tickets. I can't even say tens of dollars. <laughs> fives of dollars. Twelve dollars for ticket. I got a five. Okay. <laughs> One time I just walked in. Oh, for sure. I believe that. <laughs> I, I asked the ticket guy. It was mid first quarter, and he's like, "Can I just come in?" He's like, "Sure." <laughs> Why not? What else? What are they gonna, well, they're not losing out on anything. Well, they were they were playing Baylor at the time, and this was 2013. And Ooh. They were really good. Baylor was already up like 14 nothing. Oh. So he's just like whatever. I can just think of. I wonder how many people were at games, and I, I'm sure I could go look it up. When it, when Baylor and Kansas played, like in the late '90s, when they were both just super terrible. Baylor had the old stadium with the tarped off section of the bleachers, and those were bad teams. I could just wonder how many people showed up back then. Yeah, uh, Baylor was known to have phenomenal crowds when other teams played there that were that's <laughs> um, it was kind of like it was kind of like what Northwestern's like when Ohio State's playing there or Wisconsin or Michigan or Iowa or Nebraska or whoever they put the they put the visitors on the east side that's all you see on camera um, yeah but no so the the effect on college football though I think that the, the, the town thing can't be overstated, and I don't know how Iowa State can do the 30,000 fans this year in a 60,000-seat stadium. I'm hesitant to wonder what they're willing to do. And people talk about the impact on town, and I, I mean, are people – is everyone going to want to go to Hickory Park afterwards? I mean, the outdoor thing, if everyone's masked, I think it's generally safe. But then if they're all in a huge restaurant afterwards, piled up against each other – I don't necessarily feel as good about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Have Have we even had much of an update on? I mean, have, has Jamie doubled down on having fifty percent capacity or anything? He hasn't said anything for a while on that, right? I haven't heard anything in a little while, but I'm guessing it's still around there. Um, I haven't even decided what I'm going to do with my football tickets yet. I have two of them, and uh, you know. That money would look really good back in my bank account, but I haven't quite made up my mind on that yet. So, yeah, I'm curious to know, like, what Tammy? Do you know what they're like? What they're doing with Boise State's tickets, season tickets, and stuff? Um, not yet. Um, I didn't know if they were like if they were giving you like giving people like an option to carry over or and or refund or what they're. Really, all we have heard is basically that everything was canceled and then Harson did two press appearances today and that's been it. So okay. I'm guessing everything is still way up in the air. Um, Let's say that Nebraska has gone crazy. Is Scott it, Frost it, still on his shit? Yeah. Is, is Boise a little more uh, subdued about this? Um, the so Boise has a duality of fans, right? We have an extremely like intense crazy everyone should die if Boise State doesn't go undefeated and go to a festival every year set of fans and then the other set of fans the other set of fans is um understanding at least 
Um, but there was a lot of, you know, hey, you should be trying to join the Big 12. You should try to set up something with the SEC for a while this morning. Um, but once I think everybody kind of heard Harrison talk and saw his level of seriousness, I think, um, it ratcheted some of that down. So I, I wish we knew more what was going to happen, both for the seniors and for the ticket holders. I know a lot of the season ticket holders are probably just donate that money to the program because that's going to be the big push is trying to make up that 20 million. Um, so I'm sure those guys will get leaned on hard to not get a refund. And I'm guessing there will be a lot of uh, fundraising trying to go on this year, which I haven't decided yet if it bothers me or not. I do want football on the other side of this, but on the other hand, there's a lot of people that are going to have problems eating this winter. So I don't know if that's where our community's money needs to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, first world pains here. I mean, we're still, even though we're in a pandemic and something we love is on the brink here a little bit. I, I, I still, I mean, that, that kind of perspective is good, but I do think though, and I've said this for a while, I think that if we have a reason to stay home, more people will stay home. And that's why if we can pull off a bubble for college football players, even if it's on the separate campuses and they're traveling on their own, and they're just staying out of the parties and the bars and whatever. I think that these can really serve as good catalysts nationwide to keep people distance because there's just something to look forward to. I think the worst part of some of the social distancing, especially early on, was there was just nothing to look forward to. Everything was canceled. And if we would have had something to watch on TV that was live, that we cared about, I think that that would have been a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, look how we treated the MJ documentary, right? Like, that was must-see TV. <laughs> There's no other year that would have been a thing. Did not watch it. Yeah. You should watch it. it See, okay. you, you say, like, I, it would not have been as big of a deal, uh, absolutely, but I think I would have watched that no matter what, so. Well, right. Like, sports people were going to watch it, right? But it wasn't, yeah, like, the whole TL, like it seemed to be, I don't know, maybe it's just my Yeah, timeline. literally anybody but and everybody was watching it. That's, yeah, that's very true. It was like a live thing is on. Let's watch it. Yeah, that was phenomenal. That was perfectly timed. I, um, a lot of people like criticisms about the documentary itself, but in terms of how they pulled it off and when, I mean, that was, that was the best was, time pandemic ever for him. <laughs> that was the best editing job in no time at all. It like exists. Um, yeah. They didn't have that thing done by the time they started. Like they were actively like changing things week to week. Uh, yeah, I think the last two episodes got edited like a week before the whatever the second to last one came out or That's something. Amazing! Like that. It was ridiculous. They did a great job. I don't know. It's nice to have baseball. I guess I've been watching that in the NBA and some WNBA and I don't know car racing and stuff. But it's just I don't know. It's all just filler until football starts. <laughs> So <laughs> I can't stand yeah. to watch any of that stuff on TV. I um, what yeah, do you I do like, with your life, Aaron? Jesus, drink. <laughs> Cheers. I um, figured that was going to be the answer to that question. Honestly, that's why I asked it. Um, it, well, I you know I I love baseball, but I just can't watch it on TV. I would yeah. go to ball games all the time because you get to do the people watching and it just seems to go so much faster, but on TV, it's dull. Um, and I college basketball, I'll watch, but I just, I haven't watched or paid attention to the NBA in 15 years, probably at least. 
I've just never been an NBA guy. So the things that are on right now, including terrible European soccer and everything else that, you know, I'm out. I'm just, I don't watch soccer and I don't, you know, it's just give me my football back and, you know, I'm, I'll be ready to go. Seven inning baseball games on TV. I might watch jazz it up with some, some minor league baby. antics, you know, Give me some minor league antics in between innings instead of blowhard TV guys. I, you, know, something. you might get a lot of them with all the doubleheaders that are going to have to be played. Yeah, That's what I mean. My team's going to have like 65 games in 47 days. Your, te- your team isn't going to play all their games. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> They're not. They're not. <laughs> uh, so. I don't know. If baseball's that much of a mess, college football is just going to be amazing to watch. So. Yeah, I think it'll be, be an amazing train wreck. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to go one of one of two ways. It's either going to absolutely go like baseball did, where you have a huge outbreak with some teams or whatever, or it's going to go off flawlessly. I, I mean, I, within I, reason, because they'll put their foot down, and all the kids will want to play, and they'll do the right things, and all of that. And and you'll have cases, no doubt. There'll be some, but the. 25 or whatever cases you know that the marlins ended up with or however that whatever that number ended up at somebody was just plain negligent there right they didn't report that they had symptoms they didn't or whatever right they they just didn't do the due diligence um somebody dropped the ball there they had to have you know whether that was the player not telling you know saying hey i went out and did this stupid thing which i think was it did they go to a strip club or a bar or some one of the teams did that, didn't they? So my understanding was somebody tested positive. They learned about it like a couple days before they were supposed to travel. Instead of bouncing it up to like coaching staff, they talked about it internally in a group text message and decided to just roll with it instead of telling anybody. Yeah, Yikes. right. So that's, that's what I mean. You, you, you get that situation when people don't do what they should do. You know, if the one person who ended up testing positive says, hey, I'm positive and and bails, maybe only two or three other guys that he'd been around, right? And then you can still play, you know. But the fact that they just said, yeah, let's just all get it. Let's have a COVID party in the locker room and uh, I'll I'll get it. Well, but a bunch of idiots, you know. Right. Well, I have a – I question, Travis, did the – has anything come out with the Cardinals that has – kind of explained what's happened with them because like they the before they left what milwaukee they had they all tested negative right and then they continued to spread or some shit in minnesota they tested negative and then uh or right after minnesota is when all the they started testing positive and then everything got good um they started getting the negatives and the players who tested positive were shipped off and they started getting a bunch of negatives with people who were on their active roster and then one more tested positive, and we don't really have any details as to who that was or what that was, whether it was part of that outbreak or if it was another one. Um, Cardinals Reddit was showing all these Instagram photos of things, and you could say yes or no as to whether or not they were misbehaving or not. Like there was a picture of two of them in a kayak rental place. I mean, 99% of kayak renting is kayaking. You know, that's pretty socially distanced, but were they in contact with someone? I don't know. Um, that was on there. Um, there was the rumor about the casino. Um, I think. Which is all but disproven, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, 
you, you didn't know that kayak rentals were a front for <laughs> nefarious, <laughs> nefarious, nefarious activities. activities. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't realize that there was a smuggling <laughs> operation. Just go down to the kayak rental. They'll that, hook you up. That, that's a new development for me. I haven't heard that one yet. Um, I'll, I swear I'll research it more when we're done here, but um, I didn't know that that was a big underground thing. I guess the reason like I, I bring that up is because as much as you want to, we want to be like, yes, you can bubble and be responsible. And even if you have positive cases, you quarantine and get them away and do everything you can. To me, the Cardinal, unless something were to come out that like people were being stupidly negligent, like the Cardinals have been kind of an example of like, it just somehow has continued, even though it seems like they've been doing things realistic pretty realistically well Well, and so like what what happens with you know like to Tammy's point and the way that I kind of think it might go is in college football is like you can do the right things and still have these spread and these things happen so one thing that makes me feel better about football actually than baseball though is these football players are each other's roommates and if someone gets it quarantine those four if they're in a four pod at Freddie Ford or whatever in baseball these guys when they're when they're at home they're going home to their families and their families are probably not social distancing so whether that's part of it or not you know the the bubble's not tight there I think it can be a lot tighter in college football that there will still be outbreaks but I I don't know if it'll be widespread team-wide type things um I there will be disruptions this year I am firmly prepared for that but I mean at the end of the day these guys live together they most of them have classes together they practice together just they can share each other's germs but as long as they don't have anyone incoming I feel a lot better about it I mean like I said with with the Cardinals I mean they're going home you know, after games, you know, and, and all these baseball teams are, I mean, what about the older players who have kids starting to go back to school now? I mean, is that the next big outbreak for any unknown team? I mean, Yadier Molina has COVID right now. And I doubt he was at a club. He's got a family and kids. So I'm just not totally sure what to make of that outbreak. So Trust me, I've thought about it a lot because I uh, bought the MLB package and I can't use it. <laughs> and you're not, you know, you don't want to use it anyway. Your team's not playing. Yeah, 40 bucks a month to watch the Phillies play the Braves. Whoopee. <laughs> so. uh, you're making me feel better about not buying it. I almost did. Yeah. Yeah. So... But no, I, 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 I've, I, I've kept an optimistic mind about football. I, and it's strictly because of what I said. I think that I think our society will be a lot more inclined to behave, especially in southern states, because Nick Saban at the end of every game is saying, "Wear your mask and social distance." And they just had an Alabama football game to watch. You know, right. I think that I think that that can go a long ways to actually being part of the solution nationwide as long as we can keep these teams healthy. And I think that that is a message that's not necessarily getting out there right now. And I think that, you know, it's a, it's a good one. I mean, how many of us were bored in April? We had nothing to do and we would have loved sports. So now that we've figured out kind of how to manage it, um, 
let's do it. Let's try it, you know. My only problem with doing it with college football is that they are not compensated appropriately for it. They're not compensated enough for the risk. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's really going to depend on how this is handled it, whether or not I can really decide to watch this or not. You know what I mean? Like I'm at that point with it. If we're having student athletes that make their scholarship plus a little tiny stipend and whatever hundred dollar handshakes happen, you know, the risk of travel and all of these things um, without the protections of being employees, that's, that's not okay. You know what I mean? And that, that's where, I don't know, God, the next decade is just going to be lawsuits. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> so my question in response to that, and, and just sort of playing devil's advocate here just to see. Yeah. Um, but that was the case before COVID too, for those Agreed. guys, not being Agreed. paid, not, none of that has changed for them. Agreed. Um, it's been wrong so the whole time. <laughs> right. So, so to hang your head on it now makes it, I don't want to say disingenuous cause it's a real thing. Right. But you know, you can't, I mean, the risk of the risk they're taking isn't that any real, really that much greater than it was before. Mm. Um, we don't know that. Well, right, but yeah. that's the thing. Any data you hang your hat on is incomplete at this point. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying it's yeah, incomplete. I mean, we don't know whether it is or not. So. Right, no, 100% agree. You've got to decide what risk are you willing to take as an individual, um, you know, because we all do that every day. You know, what yeah. risks are we willing to take and what risks do we not want to take? And, you know, it's all of the data that's coming out five years from now the conclusions will be different because everything's coming so fast right now and some of it's accurate some of it's not some of the testing is not that accurate still probably you know it's who knows i mean that's the the really difficult part of it all is you grab onto that piece of data or that or whatever and then shit how many times have we said oh this sounds like a good idea and then two weeks later it's nope that was a shit idea and, uh, and, right. on, and on on we go it's something else the next time you know um because it just feels like for a while here we've been uh, unfortunately grasping at straws trying to figure out what's what's true what's not true what's right what's not right right and there's a multitude of reasons for why there's so much bad information that we don't have to get into on this pod <laughs> right I just, I'll just blame 99% of this on that whole general thought process that we also don't have to get into at this point, but there's a reason there's not football and it's not because of players making choices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just to kind of, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just, I was going to say that just on the other side, sorry, on the other side of like, players taking the risk the the thing that i'm surprised about not kind of surprised about is like the at least for the the night or whatever it was the players coming out and saying we want to play like if the players come out and say we're willing to take this risk type of thing whether they you know they're 18 19 20 years old and we should take that and be like yeah it's fine that you think that this risk is okay uh that is a different like if they're willing to accept what they think the risk is, then that is some way that you can kind of, or some people could push past that. No, I agree. And I, I think there's a difference between what is legally okay and what is 
morally sound. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And having people, yeah. sign, having adults sign waivers is legally sound. Um, for something that we have such incomplete data for, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that professionally I've been well-trained to data first, action next. So action first, data later scares me to death. <laughs> I think that might be my whole problem with this whole thing. So sure. well, I think I think that's a that's a thought process that, like Trevor Lawrence, for example, I don't think that that's the approach that he's taking. The approach that he's taking is he wants to play football because he loves football and everything. A lot of things show for the most part he's probably going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's just the, that's the thought process that those players are taking. Whether that's that's not what you're talking about, but whether you think that's right or wrong, I don't. Right. I right. don't know. But that's. I think that's one of. It's the right or wrong for him. It, and that's, that's yeah. That's that's going to help the thing potentially help football move along. Is if you have players being like, "Yep, we want to play. Like we know the risks. Don't well, mind that we're 18, 19, 20 years old and don't really understand yet potentially." But right. Well, and then. And then the other side of that, if you want to be really, I don't know, if maybe altruistic is the right word to say that those guys are being that way about right now, they're swinging their BDE around something fierce about trying to get the players union. And I mean, has there ever been a time where they've had more leverage? No, no. So, you know, Hey, you give us this, we'll go out and save your asses financially by playing. And, you know, but we're going to get what we want out of this. And, and some of those guys are smart enough to understand that, hey, I may be taking this risk myself right now, but I'm doing it for these guys that are coming behind me. Right. Uh, there are at least a few people that are thinking that way right now as well, probably. I've, I've seen players tweeting the same kind of sentiment. So, yeah, from the Pac-12 especially. I'm, I'm curious. Are there going to be players from Pac-12 and Big Ten schools who are going to be allowed to play somewhere else for a year? I mean, if they have one year left, can I transfer with six weeks before the season starts? I mean, logistically, I almost wonder if the Big Ten didn't cancel. For, I've wondered, honestly, did they delay this canceling long enough so they could prevent that? Like a mass exodus of players to, to schools that were going to play? I mean, it's something sinister the Big Ten would for sure do. I mean, because, these are because they suck. Oh, it's, it's something. But. All right. To be fair, it's something sinister <laughs> any conference would do, like yeah, self-preservation. But, but you can go ahead and take your shot at the Big Ten. I'll I will, it. and I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I just, I, I mean, these are CEOs here. I mean, it would. I mean, yep. if we're being honest here, it wouldn't shock me if Dabo Swinney infected his whole team in January. Aaron, like, <laughs> you know, like, herd immunity, bud. Like. Lick this light pole for me, would you? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I would laugh harder if I was certain that we were firmly joking. Yeah. Right. Like, well, I mean, and, and when those guys were on campus back, whatever, you know, those guys that were in town or whatever and working out, you know, there was no requirement to report any of that to the news if any of those guys got sick or any of that. Because yeah. there weren't they weren't official workouts or anything. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of those guys that maybe have already had it that it never got reported or whatever. I'm so sure there's Boise definitely State, some of that. I know I know that there was a bunch because there was a map for a while that was being updated when the press would put out stuff, and Boise State stopped putting out counts in like June. 
um, they so had they an outbreak of like China. seven. Yeah. And then it was just like nothing. <laughs> so I think they were getting counted in like the Ada County overall numbers, but not Boise State specific. So, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, it's hard to say, you know, on that, whether they were deliberate and when they, they canceled or not. I mean, it's another example of, of the a tacit admission that it's a business though. Right. I mean, right. if you're going to, if you're going to do something like that, you're basically admitting, Hey, we need these guys because they are our business and to try to prevent them from going somewhere else. I think this, the whole, everything that's involved in this is just more ammo in the fact that and showing everyone whether they knew or not yet that it is a business and it's literally all about the money. Otherwise, schools would have just canceled sports a lot, or football specifically a long time ago. They would have been like, "No, it's it doesn't make any sense to do it." Like, I I I, I think I've said this before. If 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 these colleges were allowed to have a rainy day fund, tax code just doesn't allow them to because they're a nonprofit entity. I do I do think that all five profit, like it's yeah. I think I think that we would all have canceled the season this year. If they, absolutely, if they were allowed to have a rainy day fund, I just think that, I mean, the business is going to die. I think that they they just firmly believe that, and I think you know, like Tammy, when you say that you need data before action, I think the the data they got was their financials, and they said, okay, we need to act. You know, I mean, I got that, but we're also talking about some of the best medical schools in the country, that are, you know, through the. Sunbelt and the Rust Belt, right? And the fact that, I don't know, I can't decide if it's terrifying or not because the West Coast medical schools are not on the same page. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, oh, it's totally a crapshoot though still. Like I, these, I mean, these athletic directors are CEOs, these coaches are CEOs. I mean, they're, they're money first. I get it. I mean, it's. But yeah, in the, in the AC. I think it's the ACC doctor or whatever was saying that he believes it can be played safely. I mean, they've come out and said that, um, yeah. you know, whoever that is that they're talking to there, but Some, somebody from Duke, but then like, you know, you go up the road to Johns Hopkins and they went all online like a week ago, you know, I know they don't have sports, right. But when the top medical school in the country is like, nope, and out until 2021, that says something. Yeah, well, I didn't know that Johns Hopkins surgeons didn't have a football team, I guess. <laughs> whatever, whatever they are. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. I don't know that there's any one right answer, obviously. I mean, there's, there's probably not. That's the thing. Like, it's so localized that, you know. So, well, it's so fine. localized and, it, and it's so independent to just what your thinking is of – you know, the potential impact to the school or program versus impact to players and people that might get it. It's, it's not, uh, and even within like a department or a school, it's going to vary depending on the person you talk to of how they feel about weighing those things. So, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that anybody is that you can say anybody's right or wrong unless you're just saying the people that don't agree with you are wrong. No, I mean, that's the terrifying part of all of this is everybody's individual level of what they're willing to take on as risk 
is really what it comes down to. There's no amount of government or NCAA or coaches or policy or any of it that's going to matter. And that's, um, humans suck. So that'll be fun, I guess. I was wondering. We're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering around Omaha this weekend. And uh, so I've, I've generally followed the rule that I'm fine drinking on patios and places. That's kind of a, that's my risk threshold, I guess. But the clubs in Omaha had lines out the door. Nope. So that's uh, <laughs> that's 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 telling you kind of where our country is on this whole risk threshold thing. And I think that they're just giving up on COVID. I couldn't tell it was a pandemic, honestly. It was a that's regular- how Boise is, and I think that's why they had to shut down football is because it just like we're taking in um, you know COVID patients from out of county now. Um, you know, and it's just it's a matter of either beds or medical staff getting sick and another town goes down and another town goes down. You know what I mean? We're the big medical center between Seattle and Salt Lake, basically. Um, so, you know, what happens if there's a, an incident at a football game and somebody busts a leg and has to go to the hospital and, you know what I mean? Hang on, we got to fly it to Twin Falls to get it set. Like that's uh, that's not gonna work I, out. So that's someone who's busted a leg at a football game. Uh, I would yeah. not I would not have wanted to get on a plane and fly it and get flown somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean it's it's also localized, right? Like, I mean back east you can drive two hours and you're across the whole state. So yeah. I don't know. It's just Yeah. No, for sure. I, I mean I think the most positive news that I've seen lately and that I could be most hopeful about is maybe that uh, thing about 10 to 20% herd immunity that was in that, that would be like a miracle. (laughs) If that That pans out, that would be fucking amazing. That was surprising. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I don't, it'll be, I mean, cause even 20, 20% 20% of the U.S. population is still a buttload of people, but, uh-huh. you know, it's, uh, that would be pretty incredible if that ended up being accurate. Anybody who's going to get in line for a Russian vaccine? Not the Russian one. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm actually surprised that Trump hasn't bought just 80 syringes of that. <laughs> He's probably already taking it. They probably stole it from us a couple of weeks ago when they did that thing with the cloud service just, and stuff. It's just chloroquine laced with vodka. <laughs> it's just straight vodka. I don't know why it's why it's even that. I think it's just straight vodka. You just inject that right in your veins, right? Stole the vodka, bud. Just uh, it's a alcohol is a disinfectant. Come on, come on. Uh, I've been working on pickling my liver since this started, just for that occasion. <laughs> So I finally got myself, I've wanted this my whole adult life. And now that I work in my house, I have desk whiskey. It's the best thing ever. Nice. (laughs) Desk whiskey. I can't have it in my desk or I'd get nothing done. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't actually drank any during the day yet, but there's some point on some meeting. I'm going to take a shot. It's going to be great. Say, fuck it. I I can't handle this anymore. (laughs) We'll see when I get there. Uh, if, if there'd have been a beer in my hotel room today at two o'clock when I got here, I'd have been drinking it. That's for sure. 
That's fair. So what are you going to do on Saturday? I mean, you guys are going to be watching football all day, but there's no after dark football. So. (laughs) I mean, there's always. Get drunk enough early enough and you pass out. (laughs) I mean, I guess I'll spend time with my daughter. I mean. What? <laughs> Family. God, guess I'll just hang out with her. Shit. We're all just so outraged. How dare you be a good parent? <laughs> uh, I mean, I can always find something to bet on to keep my attention on a Saturday night. I feel like so. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't even have live TV around it right now. So. You know. At all? No. Uh, well, not at all. I shouldn't say that. I happen to have a what is it cbs all access because of a membership to a sport for one of my sports from an iowa state site uh that is free so it's got live tv all you have for live tv and then uh uh i do have espn plus oh okay so but other than that i don't have traditional cable or or even a live package of like youtube tv or anything right now over we're Roku, Hulu, but when college football was going to start, I was going to upgrade to go to the live package, but now I don't know if it's only some of the teams. I don't know if I'll do that because I can't, like you said, sit. The best part about living on the West Coast is waking up, eating breakfast, and starting to watch football at 9 a.m. <laughs> oh, subtract the 9 a.m. part, and that's what I do at 11, and have at 11 it, in the morning. And so. having <laughs> it go all day until – seven or eight right or nine and then you know and then it's hawaii test time <laughs> right and then, but then i don't have to stay up super late to watch sure. you know pack 12, pack 12 after, after dark up till like 1 30 watching the finish of games <laughs> that's what i mean it just fits real nice and neat into my normal day I know. Well, we'll still be up watching game day at seven for a few weeks anyway. So there's that. It looks like right now anyway. Have they said anything about how they're going to do that? I have no idea. There's no way they can bring all those people together. It's got to be like this. No, it's going to have to be like in studio. They'll do it in in studio. One of the ideas was that um, because they're going to play the Masters with no fans. And that, like, they were going to have a, a – there was, like, a Georgia game that was at the same time as the Masters. They were going to do, like, college game day at the Masters, you know, do college game day at Niagara Falls, do college game day at just random places without humans, which I think could be kind of neat, um, better than a studio. But, um, you know, Zoom background yeah. will show you that you can do a show anywhere. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, the, the problem is old uh, – Old Scooter Lee Corso is high. I gotta be high, super high risk, right? I mean, oh right. So he should have been on that show a long time ago. Though. How does how does that guy travel during all this? Show like I was I was at a show where he was talking about like the debilitate like because I was at game day in 2016 in College Station. He did a big long thing about his stroke and recovery, and he puts in seven to eight to nine hours of prep for the 15 minutes of show that he does for them. If you notice, he's rarely on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not even on the show most of the time. He does the picks and like maybe the ten minutes before that or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's not not on it much, but one earlier segment, yeah, and, and then otherwise he's just sitting down. Like, so, I want him at home in his comfy chair with a COVID head. That's what yeah. I want Corso to do this year. <laughs> just every week, it's the COVID oh, head. 
<laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> maybe, maybe that can be his. Uh, they can. They always do the college game day week uh, zero or week negative one. You know, like before the season, like preview, and then that could be the head he puts on. <laughs> this thing's already beat us, guys. They've already won. <laughs> but, uh, I could see that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I try to stay optimistic about this, but man, it's been difficult. It's been yeah. really difficult. And and judging first world pains from actual world pains, you know, it's that's another one too. Like I think that being able to think of football as more of a solution to keep society at home. That's that's been my way to stay positive about still having a season, but there's still so many concerns about amateurism and safety and bubbles and girls and strippers and <laughs> bar trips. And, you know, so this is, my mind's been spinning this whole time, guys. This is just nuts. It's been 10 years of news in a week. Like, it's crazy. Three hours oh, a day. We had, we, had, yeah. we, had, we had two conferences cancel college football. We had a vice presidential pick. Um, any, anything else come through? Um, did we put anybody on Mars today? Um, I think so. Did, uh, did any other diseases get cured? I don't know. <laughs> half of Iowa got demolished yesterday, and I don't have power right now. So There's that. It's just like <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I didn't – I don't know if I showed this, but on my Twitter there was a radar image of when that storm hit the Mississippi River. Further east, it looked like a dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, dragon hurricane, that was uh, welcome to August for 2020. Dragon hurricane Winter. in Iowa. Winter is coming, bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, everyone keeps saying, like, wait till 2021. But the problem is, in 2016, they were saying, just wait till 2017, it'll get better. And then 2017, they said, just wait till 2018, it'll get better. And 2019, it'll just get better. And it's just kind of gotten. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like this game. We can stop anytime. So can we do time travel and go back to uh, an era where, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Was there really a good one? <laughs> like, do we got to, are we headed back fair to Eden? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> fair question. Do a hard reboot. I don't know. Let's go back. Start over from let's, the beginning. I don't like this simulation. Reset it, damn it. Let's just go back to 2008 where I'm a college freshman with a little more knowledge and I can just do that over again. No, that, no. Just pass. a little more knowledge. 2008 was pretty rough financially. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. If you're an adult, I'm sure, like adult adult, I'm sure it was. I was trying to make a living selling cars in 2008. Oh, God. Oh, oh, no. It was rough. The best part about 2008 was being able to find a cheap ass SUV in 2009. Like that was it. Yeah, for real. I bought an Avalanche in 2009. It was the best. <laughs> it was super cheap. I bought a used one for, and then I turned around and sold it like a year later and made money on it because nope. they'd gone back up in price. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, That's impressive. Yeah, I put like 10,000 miles on it in a year and turned around and sold it for more money. It was awesome. It's amazing. I got to stop driving them into the ground so I can get a cool story like that. I show up with my car and they're like, we'll give you scrap. Okay. Uh, thanks. <laughs> that, that, 
that was a hundred percent of a benefit of being in the car business at the time though. So, you know, it's true. that doesn't, even for guys in the car business, that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. So, very <laughs> often. but, uh, uh, and maybe that's what I'll spend this fall doing is looking for an interesting used car to try to flip and make money on. So I can say I've done it once in my life. You, used car. Man. Yeah. You always post the cool stuff on Twitter. Taste. Well, uh, this I like week's this cool week cars. in automotive <laughs> stuff that you put on there. So I'd love to have some of those Broncos and stuff that were. You can find a good there. one. They're worth bank, but oh, I know. You also so pay bank. <laughs> yeah, they're so expensive. Like right, right now because we did that trip through Montana and all that. My wife is super into deciding that she wants a camper. Nice. Um, and so she's looking at every used vintage camper in the known universe right now. <laughs> it's like, I only want to spend this. I said, well, then you're going to get a turd. I mean, <laughs> you only want to spend this. You're only going to get this. Yeah. That's I mean, it's, it's like, or you have to buy a late eighties, early nineties camper that somebody has taken good care of. And that can be your first one, but you're not going right. to get a classic vintage one for what you want to spend. Like you well, you can rebuild. if you budget for yeah, like that part. That part. Yeah, but I mean, if you've never owned one and you have to try to rebuild a camper, there's some specialty True. to campers. So, my sister did one, and she like they got it done and they sold it the next year because she was just like, I'm just gonna upgrade to one that's good, like not this piece of crap. <laughs> 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 uh, right. You get it in the bathroom floor squishy and you're like, "Mm, this might hold me during a shower. Maybe I'll just go in the river. That's safer. Like, (laughs) (laughs) not going to fall through the floor of the river. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. So if football happens, who's our national champion? Iowa State. (laughs) (laughs) If football happens out of the between the big 12 sec and acc i mean you're yes. only eliminating like one contender or at that point right yeah, I mean, realistic like, realistically yeah ohio state you're, elim- you're eliminating ohio state and that's it so yeah, so i mean the playoff i mean the pl- i mean honestly the playoff is still probably gonna be clemson alabama probably oklahoma and pick your fourth I mean, never yeah. your second team from the SEC. Yeah, your number two no, SEC team is is Notre Dame bringing back a lot. I don't know. Oh, that's true. They're going to be in yeah. the ACC. So yeah, well, so, the top four just because they're Notre Dame playing in the ACC because it's yeah. A story. I mean, they'll probably. I mean, couldn't you a hundred percent see it? See though the because the co- conference championship doesn't even guarantee you a spot, right? By letter of the rules, no. could you not one hundred percent see this year? But couldn't you 100% see two ACC teams and two SEC teams if it's Notre yes. Dame and, and Clemson? And then there you got Alabama and Auburn or LSU or whatever. That's a, that would be a very realistic the, thing that could happen. You're not the big The Big 12 saves you by not saying we're out too and forcing you to go out, and then uh, you get left out of the playoffs. <laughs> left out of the playoffs. I think what would piss me off is if, the Big 12 had like a one-loss team, and then there was a bunch of zero-loss teams. Or, I what bunch of zero-loss teams? I mean, that's yeah, not. No, um, but I, 
the one worry that I would have is if we let teams into the league for one year and they got our playoff spot as a result. I don't know. That would bug me. Like there was a there was that one rogue tweet which I didn't really believe, but it was funny. It was of uh, Penn State, Michigan, Nebraska, and Ohio State doing going to the Big Twelve for the year if the Big Ten didn't have football. And for as cool as that would be, I don't really want them in the Big Twelve slot. You know. I would just kind of feel wrong. Yeah. Well, because look at it this way, right? So say Iowa State puts it all together. And, yeah. and it's possible, right? And they're a ten and two yeah. to win the Big Twelve. Right? Would, After the championship. So right. technically it'd be they go nine and one and then they win the Big Twelve at ten and one. Yeah. Right? Are they are they gonna get in over a one loss Notre Dame? One loss, anybody you're going to list, they're not going to get it over. <laughs> That's what I mean. Anybody out of the, if it's Notre Dame, they're out. And if if there's not already two SEC teams, the SEC team is going to get in too. That's one loss. I'm just going to think of the, right? of the SEC this year because LSU's down. They're going to take a big hit. Um, I still don't believe A&M's got it that they think it's going to be. Um, so you got Alabama, who'll probably be back. You got Georgia. And then on the ACC, there's probably Clemson. So then, yeah, you got Notre Dame there. Um, there's no one else in the ACC who I firmly believe could rise or be a surprise. Um, and the Big 12 is Texas back. I mean, I'm trying to say it with a straight face. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, you you, may, you should have Oklahoma and then everybody else, just like yeah, it usually is. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a toss I, I just up. assume that it's Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. it, it's Oklahoma, then Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, that's how most people would rank it. Pick your order with those guys, probably. Yeah, you know. But. Yeah, Baylor. Baylor still has pieces, but I don't know what their coach is going to be. Um, can you ima- can you imagine trying to switch coaching staffs this year? Yeah, oh, if, oh, if, oh if they'd had a spring, I'd feel better about it. Baylor. Oh, I'll never True. feel good about Baylor, but their Mel chances Tucker, as a football team. I bet Mel Tucker at Michigan State is actually okay with no season this year because he hasn't been able to do anything, and Detroit <laughs> was really huge hot spots there for a while. So like. Stuff was like really, really bad there. In Holy Michigan. shit! You got power. power. You got power. My fucking power just came back on. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh my god! Well, and now this podcast has a PG thirteen rating. <laughs> Let's go! Oh, pretty, it's probably gonna kick back quick. off like four or five times at some point. You but. missed. You missed when I dropped the f bomb earlier. Then, if you think it just now got the PG thirteen. Oh well, never mind. Sorry, <laughs> PG. Oh, I dropped one earlier too. Don't worry. I mean, I you can always like go through and, our f bomb quota yet. And you I'm can so beep excited. them out. So, you, if you go through and edit it, you can always beep us. So, <laughs> I'm not gonna beep you. That <laughs> makes it like eighteen hours. No. 32 hours. Holy crap. But I didn't have power. You survived. Good work. Oh, yeah. I've gone like a week before when we had nasty ice storms and stuff. It's... Yeah, I was At least it's not cold. That. I asked that question in, in the Slack was how long most of the people had been without power in the past. And because uh, I remember when I was a kid, probably six or seven years old in Missouri, we had a big ice storm, snowstorm, and we were out of power. For like three or four days, and uh, 
that was, we lived in the country. Like the nearest neighbor was two miles away. Mm -hmm. There was no getting in or out. We were in the house for three or four days cooking on a kerosene uh, heater (laughs) on the top of that. I mean, it was legit out of power. So my parents tell a story about the like late seventies, I think there was a, um, a group of boy scouts up doing snow camping above our house. And um, a big storm came in and dumped about four feet of snow. So all of a sudden my mom had 17 boy scouts and several leaders. And... That point, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> in her little, you know, two bedroom, one bath house and trying to feed them all. And it was a, uh, whole ordeal for about four days but dad finally got him dug out it was amazing but apparently the power was out like the whole time it didn't come back on until they got everybody back down to town and yeah oh yeah i remember because the neighbor you know eventually got the tra- their tractor running and you know shoveled with their bucket the <laughs> gravel road we lived on and right. finally cleared it so we could get out you know because we were renting the house. We didn't have, we weren't, so farmers, didn't have so shit. we didn't yeah. have the tractors or anything. That sucks. Well, that's, I don't know. That's one of the perks of rural living is that willingness to help most of the time. So, Yeah. But, <laughs> now his, his, or his power came back on. I wonder if that's what screwed him up though, is his internet kicked on and tried to kick back on or something. It did. Can you hear me? Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> so my my Wi-Fi tried to connect and it's probably not working. So I had to hurry up and turn it off. As I say, we lost you there for a minute. So but I don't know. I, you know, as far as the football stuff goes, I, I want to see it played, but you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not the kind of person that will be, super upset if they don't you know right i'll be disappointed but not not upset about it that's it's how hard i felt to, yesterday <laughs> hard to get angry at someone for erring on the side of caution right you know if it even if it proves that it could have been done later and hey it's not as bad as we thought but you know hard to be angry with somebody for that um but I'm also the same way. If if they do it and it blows up in their face, I'm not going to be angry with them about that either. You know, it's right. you take the risk or you don't. So that's where we differ. I will absolutely be angry because I'm one of those people that I'm like this is absolutely preventable. So we'll yeah. see. I recognize yeah. that's one of my flaws. <laughs> oh, well, it's, no, it's fine. I, I get it's the project it. manager in me, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's just what it, it's, it's, it all comes down to what it gets normalized as acceptable risk, right? Yeah. I mean, driving a car is a risk, but it's normal. We all do it. You know, right. there's, there's always a risk to that. Um, and then among the thousand other things we've all probably done as dumb kids or whatever else that people are like, Oh, that's just kids doing dumb stuff. And you know, who knows? Right. But it's this, and this one is just extra divisive. I think given the current climate of everything. Agreed. And I don't know if there was a cohesive plan from, you know, March on, right. And this whole hotspot thing didn't really exist to the extent it does now. 
and everybody had had, you know, masks on instead of the mess of not having enough PPE. So then we got told not to wear masks because we needed to reserve them. And then it turned into, well, they don't work anyway. And, and it, you know, there's a whole lot of this that I think could have been handled last spring. And I think that, um, I don't know, I hope we remember that going into the next few years as we go through the legal battles that are sure to ensue from all of this shit. I thought you were going to say, would we go as we go into the next pandemic? And I was about to yell at you. <laughs> I thought I thought that's what she was going to say too. As Don't get me started. That is another podcast for another day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think Tammy and I would do a lot of booze to go down that rabbit hole. For sure, because I did not have pandemic on my list of things that was going to happen. Like, I don't know. It just wasn't. I had zombies ahead of pandemic, so which is it's, dumb looking well, back now. Similar, right? <laughs> well, it's super terrible because we've been scared so many times. And I think that's part of it too. They've scared yeah. us with the potential pandemics. How many times since we were kids? Yeah, they never have never, never equated to this. Yeah, it's it's been H1N1 or the first SARS or right. Ebola. And I mean, yes, all those things are terrible. Yeah. Um, but they never turned into a full-blown pandemic, okay. but they, they, they scared the bejesus out of you, right, with that information. I'll be honest, I never paid attention because they, they, they all blew over, so I just figured, eh, whatever. And that's what my reaction was to COVID for until March. Stuff, the, the news stories really started to pick up, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, this actually isn't going away because I figured all February it was going to go away, and March it didn't. And then I'm just like, shit. <laughs> so. yeah well and once once you started seeing the the real explosion in italy yeah that's when i was like okay this one is is a little more legit than the other ones because yeah, yeah china, china and a- asia always has these outbreaks so it's always kind of something that happens over there it's never something that happens kind of over here you know because we do a good job of laying the groundwork and then being like ah we overreacted like <laughs> you know what i mean and now yeah. we don't do that good job anymore, so oh, now we yes. don't get that we overreacted. Every future pandemic. Like. <laughs> Cheers to overreaction. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. But Hell yeah. So. No, yeah, well, you know. I, I guess if something like this only happens once every hundred years, that's... I do think that it's going to be a little more prevalent now because our, our world is so connected. No, for yeah. sure. You know, I, yeah. I, I I feel bad because uh, the president made a reference to this yesterday. But I, I then the what was that? The Spanish flu. Yeah. Yeah. That was during World War One, right? And, and did that that spread because of the war, right? So that that's the interesting thing is I think this is I don't I don't want to say this. This is really weird. I don't have enough wood to knock on. But like the Spanish flu was exacerbated because of World War One. We yeah. sent sick troops all over the world and there's, you know, argument about where it started, but um, the source that I liked the most thought that it might've started in Kansas That's and then, yeah. And then, or possibly came in through Canada from China, but those are the kind of the two offsetting. Um, but then it just, you know, we ship troops all over the world um, and they took it everywhere they went. 
and it was a disaster. <laughs> so the, the thing that bothers me is I don't think it is going to glow away during the winter. Does that make sense? Like there's not this weather thing with it. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. When it, when it didn't really die off when it got hot. Yeah. Uh, my hope of it going away in the winter was zero. Yeah. You know. now that'd be, that would be a plot twist. <laughs> it freezes. <laughs> All of a sudden would, it's like, okay, I'm moving to Point Barrow, Alaska. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be awful. Um, but no, I, uh, I believe they have get, blue turf there, if you're interested. I think I'll just get coronavirus as opposed to moving to Point Barrow. <laughs> I'm going to pass on Point Barrow. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I... This thing's been something else, though, I tell you. I mean, I've, I felt crazy, like, for the last two months, because everybody, not everybody, but there's a good portion of people that I know are just kind of, like, back to doing whatever, and I'm like, I've been that, to do that, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, there's been points where it's like, fuck it, let's just go meet up at the bar, like, because there's this whole, like, subsection of dive bars in Boise that have started serving food, which I'm sure means, like, microwave corn dogs or something right but cockroaches <laughs> if you something. do it well enough you can start up stand at the fair in Iowa yeah uh no there's like places that have like tacos and some other things right just like finger foods and I don't know it's been tempting but on the other That's hand it's like not the, worth it what's a taco and what's a pizza I mean yeah so. But, uh, oh, um, but what I was thinking, though, is if people are social distancing over the winter, I do think it'll be a mild flu season. Because mm-hmm. if social distancing curbs, curbs the coronavirus pandemic, I bet it would do the same thing with the flu. Oh, it's only going to help. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think some plans are counting on that when it comes to hotel bed or not hotel, but um, hospital bed capacity and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there have actually been um, quarantine hotels in certain hot spots where um, if you're not bad enough, they keep you in a hotel room, but they they monitor you enough that they can transfer you to a hotel or a hospital if you need. But right, um, one of our hotels actually volunteered a block of rooms for people who either couldn't, you know, distance from their family effectively because there was a bunch of people in one house or um, the homeless population, that kind of thing, um, just to be able to have a quarantine spot for them. And I thought that was really generous of them. Like, that's a pretty cool thing. So yeah, if I, if I remember right, like the city of Seattle leased or bought, I can't remember mm-hmm. a hotel when all Thanks. this started to put the homeless population in, um, a but, big homeless population too. But the funny part is they bought or and or leased this hotel in Kent, not Seattle. Not in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it in somebody else's city. Uh, that's somewhere. that's the most Seattle homeless <laughs> right. plan I've ever heard, right? <laughs> I'm looking at the map here. I'm trying to figure out. It, it, okay, so Kent is, what, 15 minutes south of the city? Yeah, something like that. Oh, so they're thinking they're not going to come back. Yeah, well, they keep them housed there. They won't come back, right? You know, so uh, who knows? I don't know. Seattle is weird. They do some weird things. I mean, so. there are there are people with like master's degrees who are homeless in Seattle. Like one bad break or one bad medical bill. Oh my god, those documentaries are scary. 
Yep. So. I'm I'm worried about the winter and the homeless population because it's uh it's too cold for this shit. And they need to be inside. I don't think it's not in Seattle, that's why we have so many. Yeah. Because it's not cold. (laughs) I don't know. We have we seem to have a hardy population that hang out in tents with fires anywhere they can get away with it without the cops running it off. Which I'm, I don't know. At this point, I'm like more power to you. However, you can survive, do it. But those are all the panhandlers that moved with all the Californians. <laughs> I guess they gotta go. They gotta go where the money is. <laughs> all the money is moving to Idaho. Man, it's ridiculous. I could put my house on the market right now and make a hundred grand. Like it's stupid. Yeah, and 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 that's done that in what the last couple of years. Yeah. Like no, that even. that's done that like this last year. Like yeah, before, you at least had to like wait a couple days, and people had to look at it. Now it's just cash, sight unseen. We'll take it. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's it's Seattle was that way for a little while right after we moved because when we first started looking, we thought, oh, we could buy a house for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it'd be a reasonably nice house. You know, right in the area that we were looking, which is Everett, not Seattle itself. But, Mm -hmm. and then we rented the first year we were up there to get settled and figure out where my wife was going to work and all that. And like the market just exploded. Everything was a hundred grand more. It was crazy. It's done that here. It's, it's ridiculous. (laughs) And, And everybody seems to, the Orange County retired racists and the, you know, everybody online in the Patriot movement has decided that Idaho is like, racist mecca so i, I think the other thing is they like they? right and they get up here and they move to boise and then they're upset that the liberals are mad at them we're like well what did you think was going on in boise like <laughs> if you wanted an idaho rural adventure you should have moved to rural idaho like <laughs> get up in the wrong place right <laughs> Just because you want DoorDash doesn't mean that you're going to fit in. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate your time tonight. Um, I am hot as hell up here in this office, so <laughs> oh, yeah. call it. No problem. I'm sure we cleared everything up. There'll be no more questions about any of this. Oh, yes. Um, no more questions. We answered them all. We answered every, well, every question. That's right. I'm sure there'll be a group chat started in the morning by the uh, presidents and the uh, commissioners of the. Yeah. And to, tomorrow when the next dumb thing is said by some reporter about college football or whatever, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure that already happened. Hang on. Let me check a, a group chat that I'm in. Let me see what the last dumb thing was. Well, supposedly the big 12 might release their new schedule tonight. There was. Oh like my God. Rumor of that. That would be perfect. Um, Brett McMurphy is tweeting about bowls. So that's pretty dumb, actually. <laughs> Wait. B- bowls like, I'm going to serve yeah. some soup in a bowl? <laughs> no. Like, I'm uh, going to smoke a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what, kind, wait, what kind of bowls are we talking There are 82 bowl bids available. Only 77 teams currently scheduled to play FBS football this fall. Can't miss a bowl that way. Uh, I'm... You know, I'm sure that if Boise State football doesn't play all year, the Potato Bowl is just going to be itching to get a hold of 
nobody because we don't have an affiliation <laughs> with either any of these. <laughs> like, so you can can't. So that's a good question, though, right? So if they do that, what bowls go away? A potato. There's yeah, one. Well, that one. I don't think <laughs> the Hawaii bowl's gone or the Aloha yeah. bowl or whatever they're calling the it these days. Well, they have a Rose Bowl. If the Pac-12 oh, oh, can't. Oh. I mean. But aren't they, a, aren't they aren't they? Well, it is. No, they're a playoff bowl this year, aren't they? Yeah, is it a playoff oh, bowl this year? Okay. Yeah, yeah they're a playoff bowl. Oh man, it's the only way this worked out. If the if the Rose Bowl people hadn't got their game, like it was just done. So, <laughs> would the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have kept their season if the Rose Bowl was still a thing? Are they that just entrenched in that tradition? Probably. I hear, I hear every year that it is the greatest tradition ever. The over granddaddy of them all, or so I hear. Over and over, and they just keep telling me this because they think that they're just drilling it into me because my league doesn't have this game. <laughs> it's like shut up <laughs> it does have a great tradition the other yeah. thing is it's mostly about the parade which cracks me up like the football is actually secondary to this whole thing to the people They've who actually like the live parade, there um yeah. i think they did cancel the parade yeah. so now like i don't know have we ever skipped have we skipped a rose bowl since like i don't know world war ii um they they did hold a rose bowl i think somewhere else well, they held one in Durham or someplace, North yeah. Carolina or something. Yeah. Like oh, you're right. During the California off-the-coast thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That was during World War II. Okay. That's when they were finding subs off the coast of California and decided it wasn't safe. So, Tammy, what's going to happen is uh, Boise is going to join the Big 12 this year, and then they're going to get the playoff, and they're going to play in the Rose Bowl. Bold pick. <laughs> Uh, I was no. just thinking about which player I would sacrifice for that. And I don't know, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> Boise doesn't want to play in the Big 12 and get smacked in the face every week. They don't want none of this. I think that would happen for about a year <laughs> and half a season. And then you get to find out what Boise State football is like, which is the blue turf that sucks your soul away because you never win. Smurf turf. <laughs> yep. Smurf turf. Uh, um, oh. TCU is like one of the few that walked out with a win, so they understand it. Yeah, that. yeah, TCU. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. All right, well, crisis averted. So, yep, we'll, world uh, saved. <laughs> yeah. I know everything's right in the world now that my power came back on, guys. It's fine. Yeah. That actually pleased me. Like it was really nice to watch one. I can't wait to watch this back and see my pure elation. Like when my power came on. <laughs> like I'll I think you, we were I'll all pretty again. excited about it. So yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. That just gives me hope because I knew that you were going to get your power back before my parents did. And I'm, <laughs> I'm bracing. This is true. This is true. Two roommates starting tomorrow until they get power back. So let's go, Alliance Energy. I love that. <laughs> Hey, they're already ahead of schedule. They told me midnight. It was like nine thirty. So did that hurt? Well, your soul they, they're calling my phone between seven and fourteen days now. So, so just I keep thought you it actually... down. It's okay. <laughs> right. So instead of go Alliance Energy, I thought you said go Lions Energy, and I was like, that makes sense. So like... <laughs> no Alliance Energy. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Anna. Yeah. Okay.
Good Maybe yeah. we'll get to watch football in a couple of weeks. That'll be cool. Hope so. Hope so. Hey guys. Uh, Zoom tailgate. Yes. <laughs> See. Accurate. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.